from the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks so much for tuning in. Well, coming up on this Thursday edition, the scrutiny over an FBI document linking President Biden to a, quote, criminal scheme that featured money for policy decisions is intensifying. But the White House is dodging it. To this serious corruption allegation. I'm going to have to refer you to the Justice Department on that. I have nothing for you on that today. No, do you know what this is, what country this pertains to, or what policy decision? I have nothing for you, sir. I'm going to have to refer you to the Justice Department, and I'm getting the hook. <laughs> See ya. That was uh, White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby getting the hook. Well, the outrage is not just over the alleged activity by then Vice President Biden, but the fact that the FBI has been sitting on this information, withholding it from the American people. The Justice Department and FBI have allowed political infection to take root within each agency's decision-making process. Such an infection is an existential threat to any government agency. That was Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley on the Senate floor earlier today saying that the decision to sit on this document clearly is political. We're going to talk with Alabama Congressman Gary Palmer, a member of the House Oversight Committee that subpoenaed the document in question based upon an unclassified whistleblower disclosure. Well, no. Be sure and want to hear that conversation. And does it sound like congressional Democrats are seeking a solution to the debt ceiling? The MAGA Republican default on America plan utterly, utterly reeks of MAGA Republican extremism. And it's not a plan at all. It is just a right-wing wish list thrown together in the House. The stench is foul. That was Senate Scare Leader Chuck Schumer earlier today. We're going to talk with South Carolina Senator Tim Scott in just a moment. Also, the Department of Defense is taking heat over Navy drag queens. The program, I believe, that you're referring to was the Navy Digital Ambassador Program, which was a pilot outreach effort. It was not a recruiting effort. Uh, For more information on that, I would direct you to the Navy. Um, But this pilot program has concluded, and the Navy is evaluating the program and how it exists in the future. That was Deputy Pentagon Press Secretary Sabrina Singh earlier today. Well, members of Congress are seeking more information, sending a letter today to the very top of the Department of Defense, the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, asking about digital ambassadors and drag queens. Missouri Congressman Mark Alford, who is leading the effort, joins us later here on Washington Watch. Now, you've heard the term go woke, go broke. Well, Anheuser-Busch, the parent company of the brand Bud Light, Well, they've shown the truth of that statement, but now that the controversy, which they were hoping would pass, has not passed, the company is disavowing the campaign, saying it was not a campaign, it was just a can. Oh, oh, okay, I get that. Well, Jody Heiss, former congressman from Georgia and now senior advisor to the president here at the Family Research Council, which would be me, joins me for that conversation a little later here on Washington Watch. Our word for today comes from Ezekiel 47, verse 12. And on the banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail. But they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. 
their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Now, this river is the river that flows from the temple in the millennial kingdom, which represents the Lord Jesus Christ. The river is the source of life for trees that produce continuous fruit, which sustains and nurtures, and their leaves, which brings healing to the nations. This speaks, frankly, of the church. The fruit or actions of the church feed many, and the leaves, the message, brings healing. Reminds me of Psalm 1, where it says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. To find out more about our reading plan, go to frc.org Bible. As the debt ceiling limit approaches, House Republicans have dismissed talks of a temporary hike, saying such a plan merely kicks the can down the road while ignoring our continuing fiscal crisis. Democrats have internally discussed their own plans, which range from the unlikely and in run around Congress altogether to the ridiculous minting a trillion dollar coin. But with an agreement between President Biden and Speaker McCarthy as the best possible outcome, will the president agree to negotiate in good faith? Join me now to discuss this and more is Senator Tim Scott. He serves on five Senate committees, including the Senate Finance Committee and the Senate Committee on Foreign Relations. He represents the state of South Carolina, and he's headed to the Senate floor for a vote, so he joins us by phone. Senator Scott, welcome to Washington Watch. Well, thank you so much, Tony. Good to be back on with you. It's good to talk with you, Senator. Let me quickly get your thoughts on the upcoming debt ceiling negotiations. Has the president painted himself into a corner? He certainly has. Listen, Tony, one of the problems that we have in America is that this radical left proposal that comes from Joe Biden, Joe Biden's proposal is to do absolutely, positively, unequivocally nothing. That is not a proposal. The House has passed a reasonable solution to the overspending of this country. Last year, Tony, we had $1.2 trillion of overspending. This fiscal year, it's going to be $2 trillion. If there's ever a time for us to negotiate on the debt ceiling, it is now. I would recommend following my mama's uh, wonderful model. She taught me there's dignity in work. Why not restore work requirements for every able-bodied American? If you can, you must work. That is a simple way of restoring dignity, lowering our spending, and making America the best we can be. Senator Scott, I want to play this clip again of Senator Schumer, who certainly is not paving the way for any types of negotiation with his over-the-top rhetoric. Play clip number one again. The MAGA Republican default on America plan utterly, utterly reeks of MAGA Republican extremism. And it's not a plan at all. It is just a right-wing wish list thrown together in the House. The stench is foul. Uh, Senator, I mean, there appears no effort on behalf of Democrats to even arrive at some form of consensus. Tony, you're right. It's unbelievable to listen to the majority leader in the Senate. He might as well call all of us deplorables like Hillary Clinton. It is absolutely unacceptable that the radical left and Joe Biden refuse, continues to refuse to negotiate on a debt ceiling that's at $31 trillion, $98,000 per American, 
because they have not figured out how to turn off spending because they are on a path to socialism, and they believe in this socialist utopia that has never been, never will be, and certainly not in America. So, Senator, uh, final question on this topic. Where do you see this going? What's gonna, what do you think the outcome will be? I think we have, to, we have to stay where we are. We cannot afford to pass a debt ceiling without actual concessions. I am one of over 30 senators today. We're getting close to 40 senators who've already signed a letter saying, I will vote no on a debt ceiling increase without concessions on spending. It is what's right for America today, but more importantly, it's right for unborn Americans tomorrow. We cannot just shackle them with 90000 dollars of debt as soon as they're born. Uh, you mentioned the unborn, Senator, and I want to I switch topics here for a moment. Uh, you, you are pro-life. We go way back. You've been a, a champion for life in, in the Senate. Uh, you are on the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee. It's been about 20 years since uh, President Bush former President Bush, launched the president's emergency plan for AIDS relief. It's called PEPFAR for short, saying, quote, seldom has history offered the opportunity to do so much for so many is what he said back then. And it has saved countless lives. We've been supportive of it. But there's a growing concern that the Biden administration will turn this opportunity to help into a political weapon to promote abortion and their radical gender ideology internationally. Tell us where this stands in the committee. We certainly cannot allow for a single penny, not one red cent of our taxpayer dollars to go to funding abortion here at home or abroad, number one. But number two, there's another provision that's equally as damaging and dangerous. We cannot even allow for a penny to be used to advertise market or suggest abortions with American tax dollars. That is what we are fighting to make sure does not happen. I think we will be successful, but it's going to take a lot of hard work. And thank God for what you do and all those who support the common sense approach that we call American values. Creating a culture of life takes all of us. It's not just the PEPFAR funding as we talk about it today. It's every other iteration that comes before Congress that suggests that getting rid of the Hyde Amendment is okay. We cannot use taxpayer dollars ever to fund abortion. And we we, we cannot step back for one moment because they are relentless in their push uh, of abortion and this uh, radical gender ideology. So uh, how can our listeners and our viewers be helpful on this as this is right now real time taking place in the Senate? Well, the first thing you could do is call every member of the U.S. Senate. Make sure that you, those of us who are pro-life, we hear from our pro-life advocates and, and, and folks, but we also need to call our Democrat offices as well and to make sure that they understand the importance of this issue from our perspective. We Uh, cannot allow any taxpayer funds to be used in any way with abortion. If we call their offices, if we show up and have that conversation, we'll win this fight. There's no question about that. And so, folks, I know this is kind of deep in the weeds, uh, PEPFAR, 
Uh, you know, it's not something we talk about every day here, but this is how the left is working, pushing their agenda of abortion and radical sexual gender ideology into everything. So real simple, call your two senators and say, make sure PEPFAR, which was a good program initially, does not fund abortion. We'll talk more about that a little bit later in the program. Senator, before we run out of time, the, the momentum on life, we continue to see this uh, at the state level across the country. But is there still something that needs to be done here in Washington? It's not just a state's issue. Well, absolutely. The bottom line, I would say, uh, Tony, you and I agree on this, that life is valuable. The intrinsic value of life comes from God. That's why I'm 100 percent pro-life conservative. It's why I have a 100% pro-life voting record. The challenge that we have today is that the radical left, they're literally willing to allow for abortion the day of birth. That radical position has to be blocked. And one of the ways that we block it is by allowing some limitation from the federal government. SBA has said somewhere 15 weeks is the maximum threshold. They'd like to have it more conservative, but they find acceptable a minimum of 15 weeks of limitation. If you can get further down, I should a maximum, I should say, excuse me, a maximum of 15 weeks right. of limitation. We, we, we have to make sure that because the Democrats will not allow this issue to rest in the state, because the federal Democrats want to right. make this a national issue, we have to block them yeah. from doing so. But I'll be honest with you, Tony. Unless we win the hearts and minds of the American people, we will lose this debate. Senator, we're going to have to leave it there. Folks, stick with us. Don't go away. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipled their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org.
Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us on this Thursday. Be sure and check out the website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, yesterday uh, we uh, were talking about Yeoman Second Class Joshua Kelly, whose uh, drag queen stage name, Harpy Daniel. Well, this thing is getting some attention. Now, I, I played this clip yesterday. I'll play it again. This is uh, uh, Kelly doing an interview about his uh, drag queen stint in the Navy. That first year in the Navy, I did not do drag for like almost a year and a half when I first joined. I didn't do drag. I was learning to be a sailor. And after kind of getting back into it, I kind of almost refound my love in drag again because of the Navy. Well, you know, my whole time in the Marine Corps, I don't recall ever seeing a drag uh, queen in the Navy. You know, back when, uh, well, I'll just leave it at that. Th- this is outrageous, all right? It really is. And thankfully, thankfully, the there are members of Congress who, who, who saw this, that the Navy, and this is their definition. In fact, let me, let me play this clip here. The, the Navy has gotten defensive about this, saying, well, um, it, it, it's really not a, a drag queen. Let's play, uh, what clip is that? Clip, uh, clip number eight. The program I believe that you're referring to was the Navy Digital Ambassador Program, which was a pilot outreach effort. It was not a recruiting effort. Uh, for more information on that, I would direct you to the Navy. Um, but this pilot program has concluded, and the Navy is evaluating the program and how it ex- exists in the future. You know, it kind of sounds like Anheuser-Busch over their Bud Light uh, advertising campaign with uh, Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, it really wasn't a campaign. It was just a can. Look, this is drawing, as it should, criticism from Congress when we have China on the march, Russia threatening nuclear activity, China launching warships almost on a weekly basis, and we're focused on pronouns and drag queens. Something is seriously wrong. Joining me now to discuss this is Congressman Mark Alford, who spearheaded a letter to the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee. He represents the 4th Congressional District of Missouri. Congressman Alford, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you so much, Tony. I'll tell you what, this is not the way to recruit new members into any branch of the U.S. military. The word salad that you just heard from the DOD, uh, that is standard for the Biden administration. What is happening here, I think, is an abomination. 
This should not be happening. This is not any way to recruit anyone into the military. The only thing that should be dragging in the Navy is an anchor. Well, what what seems to be tanking is their recruiting numbers and their retention. I mean, when they're focused on these types of things, do, do you really blame do you blame members of, uh, you know, the younger people, which, by the way, and you know this serving on the Armed Services Committee, disproportionately those who enlist in the military from the Midwest, they're conservative. They have traditional values. That's who serves. Exactly. That patriotism, which we are lacking. Only 9% of young people surveyed recently said they had any interest whatsoever in joining the military. I heard from a service member, a former service member, a veteran today on the radio. Uh, I did an interview here locally, and they said they were going to encourage their children to sign up for the military, and they aren't any longer. That's not a great attitude. That's not a great future for our country. When we could possibly be at war with communist China, in less than three to five years, we've got to rebuild our military. We've got to bring some sanity back to the Department of Defense. You know, I I get that question all the time, Congressman, from people when I speak. Should should my kids join the military? What do you think? Because they know I'm a veteran. And, you know, it's it's a hard question to to uh, to answer, given where our military is going. But we need good men and women of conviction within the ranks of the military. Now, I want to ask you this question. You you led this effort from your colleagues to the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. Do you think, do you expect a response from him? Well, he said uh, in another article I read online just a few minutes ago that he will get back to us in due time. I'm here to tell you, Secretary Austin, it better be quick. We have some serious answers that we need on these serious questions. They were before our committee three weeks ago, and we grilled them, he and uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Milley, about the wokeness that has infected our military and about generals acting more like politicians than generals and not true leaders. We have got to put a stop to this. Uh, We are going to demand answers, and uh, someone's head's going to roll on this. I don't know who, but we cannot continue down this path to where we are turning our military into a circus. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't know if it was that hearing, but I remember uh, Congressman uh, Matt Gates asking the chairman of the Joint Chiefs about drag queen story hours. And he said, I didn't know it was happening. And he pressed him on. He goes, well, no, we're not going to do that. So, I mean, if you're not going to do story hours with drag queens, why would you do digital ambassadors with drag queens? Well, they always find a way to obfuscate. So now they're saying, well, we didn't pay this uh, yeoman to do this. Well, you still got him to do it. He's still recruiting for the military. And let me be clear on this, Tony. This is not anti-gay on my part or anyone on the House Armed Services. Uh, It's not transphobic. If this were a woman doing burlesque in an over-sexualized manner, trying to recruit people into the military, it would be wrong as well. What's wrong with trying to get people passionate about America again. This is not getting people passionate about America again. We need Norman Rockwell America back again, not the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and that's what we're living in. Very good analogy. Uh, Very good analogy. When you talk about they weren't paying him, but when you're in the military, all of your time belongs to the military. I mean, he he is a full-time Navy sailor, and this is what he, he is a digital ambassador as a drag queen representing the Navy. I mean, think about what our enemies, how they responded. They've got to be laughing at this. That's what's so sad about this, Tony. 
this, the situation, as you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is so serious with China. They are getting ready to invade Taiwan. Russia, in this illegal war against Ukraine, uh, what's going on in the Sudan, we have serious problems in America, and we are asleep, when I say we, the majority of Americans, on their phones, worried about who the next American Idol winner is going to be instead of, is America going to win its next war? We have got to wake up, America. The big bad wolf is at the door, as I've said before. He is huffing and puffing. Our house right now is not made out of brick, and I'm worried that it's going to be blown down. A lot of prayer is needed. Uh, Congressman Mark Alford, great to see you. Thanks so much for taking time to join us, and thank you for leading the effort on this. Thank you, Tony. God bless you on this National Day of Prayer. Please, everyone, get down on your knees tonight and pray to God for the healing of America. We, we need it, and we'll be doing that, uh, folks, uh, tonight uh, at our Faith and Freedom Chapel. We'll be praying at uh, 7 p.m. Central Time. That'll be coming to you on NRB, actually, Monday night. All right, stick with us. More Washington Watch on the other side of the break. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us. Website, TonyPerkins.com. So be sure and check out the website. All right, House Oversight Committee Chairman uh, James Comer sent the FBI a subpoena yesterday calling for the agency to turn over unclassified records that reportedly include allegations of criminal behavior from then-Vice President Joe Biden. The uh, subpoena stems from an FBI-generated whistleblower form that came to the attention of Senator Chuck Grassley. 
It outlines a quid pro quo scheme with a foreign national involving payments in exchange for policy decisions. Now, this is potentially quite significant. Uh, According to the subpoena coming from the House Oversight Committee, the whistleblower that brought this information forward is highly credible. It's an unclassified whistleblower disclosure. And this shows that, again, this goes back to when Vice President, uh, well, when President was Vice President, and there was this quid pro quo, policy decisions based upon monetary uh, benefits that flowed to his family. Now, this is criminal, if in fact this is true. But here's one of the underlying issues, is that this has been in the hands of the FBI for some time. Uh, dating back to uh, at least June of 2020. Why was this never brought out? Why did no one ever know about this? This has brought concerns about whether or not the environment in the Department of Justice is corrupt because this information is being set on and they're making choices based upon uh, political decisions. Listen to this. This is Senator Chuck Grassley earlier today on the floor. Clip two. The Justice Department and FBI have allowed political infection to take root within each agency's decision-making process. Such an infection is an existential threat to any government agency. This, we had all of these allegations, over 50 different congressional investigations into the Trump administration that led nowhere. And it was all based upon allegations and innuendos. This apparently appears to have a lot of credibility. You know, you remember the dossier, the fraudulent dossier, the Russian uh, linking Trump to Russia that was, as we know now, crafted by Democratic operatives, the FBI ran with that information. They went to protect, as we now understand, uh, the Biden laptop. But here they had this information and they sat on it and didn't share it with anybody. Uh, joining us now, Congressman Gary Palmer. He, uh, he serves on the House Energy and Commerce Committee, also the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability He represents the 6th Congressional District of Alabama. As I said, he's a member of the Oversight Committee that has issued the subpoena to the the FBI for this document. Congressman Palmer, welcome to Washington Watch. Hey. Gary, welcome to the program. Hey, Tony. So what what can you tell us about the request for this document that the FBI has been sitting on? Well, um, what I know right now is that there's a whistleblower inside the FBI that uh, has um, a file or knows of a file that uh, if it contains what he says it contains is going to be extremely damaging to to the Biden administration, the President Biden himself. 
when do you anticipate this being turned over? I mean, this is a subpoena. The FBI has to respond to this. What's the deadline? Well, I don't know what the deadline is at this point, but uh, um, I don't know how they can get around not complying with with the subpoena. Uh, It's, um, I think the longer they withhold the information, the more damaging it, it becomes. It'll be interesting to me to see if if they try to uh, hold things up uh, uh, because they will might consider some breach of their um, security that this individual has come forward with this information. So I don't know what the timeline will be. I think there's other uh, issues out there that that we're looking into as well that, that if this file contains what it's purported to contain, uh, 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 that some of the other information that that we've been given will, will certainly make a lot more sense. This alleges criminal activity. I would say it does. That would be quite significant, uh, and something that I think the Department of Justice at that point could not ignore, even though they had for the last almost three years now, according to what we know from the whistleblower. Gary, we're up against a break. We're, we're, we're out of time. Um, but as this develops, we're certainly going to be uh, looking at this uh, even closer. So thanks so much for taking time to join us today. Happy to do it. All right, folks, uh, don't go away. Bud Light sales, well, they've been, uh, well, let's say a little light. Um, we're going to talk about this woke agenda and how it leads corporations to go broke. Jody Heiss joins me after the break for that and much more. So don't go away. More Washington Watch straight ahead. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to PrayVoteStand.org. Again, that's PrayVoteStand.org. Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND 
hand to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged, be in the know, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us on this Thursday afternoon. I do hope that you will be, if you've not already joined a National Day of Prayer event, that you will join a prayer event in your community or nothing else. Be sure and pray for our nation. Our nation is in desperate need of prayer. But that actually should bring us hope because when we're desperate, desperately seeking God, that is when he moves on our behalf. All right, I talk about going into the break talking about Bud Light. Uh, Anheuser-Busch, the CEO, finally coming out disavowing Dylan Mulvaney and uh, saying that, well, it really wasn't an ad campaign. It was just a can, really. I mean, this is after they are just tanking in their sales. Join me now to uh, talk about this is Jody Heiss, former member of Congress from Georgia, member of the House Freedom Caucus, now senior advisor to the president here at the Family Research Council. Jody, welcome to the program. Always great to be with you, Tony. Thanks for having me. And, and I forgot to mention, uh, Friday host normally of yes. Washington Watch as well. Appreciate you doing do that. So. Well, you. so glad you do that. It gives me a chance to catch my breath and uh, focus on the uh, the organization going on here at the Family Research it Council. sure is. So let's talk a little bit about this. Um, they've uh, you know, two senior marketing officials at Anheuser-Busch have, have kind of gone away. Um, oh, I guess they were drinking on the job. I don't know. But uh, their decisions clearly having an impact on the, uh, the the profit of the company. Yeah, it's amazing. The profits have dropped some 26%. I mean, imagine that. Over a quarter percent of their profits have disappeared here in the just the last few weeks. And now they are coming out, Bud Light is saying this was, had nothing to do with any sort of campaign, an advertising campaign. None of our upper-level management were aware of it, and yet they have fired two vice presidents who were directly involved in bringing this on. And uh, I, I just do not believe the American people are going to buy this at all. I think they still are in major, major trouble. Yeah. You know, I'm using this as an example. Obviously, uh, I, I do not advocate the buying and drinking of uh, of beer. I, I kind of joked, I wish I did drink so I could stop, uh, <laughs> you know, so I could protest uh, Bud Light. 
but but I think this shows. I mean, I know the demographic. I mean, uh, and I'm not I'm not making a judgment call on those who drink beers. I'm not. I'm just saying I don't drink beer. But the the reality is, these are the guys who go to NASCAR. It's the uh, you know it's the guys I hunt with. Uh, you know, fish. You know, you know, it's 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 guys. I mean, and I know some women drink beer too. But but yeah. the point is, they don't know their market either. That or they this uh, you know. Um, New York-based advertising firms that they use and these people that are coming out running these companies really don't know the American public. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, and you know, there are some out there, Tony, right now that are saying this is all, you know, a bunch of conservatives that are protesting or trying to cancel, if you will, Bud Light. But that's not what, what you just identified is who this is. This is, yeah. this is average American people. Uh, I don't drink either, but... It, you wish you did man. so you could quit. Yeah. Well, I, I never did, so I, I've already quit. But, but you know, the the fact this it it is average Americans who who drink this product, and obviously Bud Light had no idea really who their market was. Well, I, or, I mean, I'll, I'll you, okay, Coca Cola went down this same path. Yeah. I, I used to drink Diet Coke. I like to drink Diet. I need a little caffeine boost in the afternoon. I haven't had Coke in I don't know a year. Yeah, uh, because I'm not going to give my money to a uh, a business that is going to take the profits and use it against me. That's right. And neither and neither am I. I mean that that is the right we have as citizens of this country. And when you're dealing with some of these big major corporations, that's about the only right. voice we have against these companies is not to support them. And the American people have spoken. Boldly and loudly with this, uh, on and, and we light. and we should continue to do so. We we uh, from time to time will promote, uh, and they're 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 just someone we have on the program. But I believe in what they do. Second vote, uh, and folks, you can find out more at secondvote.com. It's simply a they grade these businesses for where they stand on these issues, and and, it, and they mean what they mean by second vote is that you get a second vote by the money that you spend, and exactly. so. We use it. We use the app. We're members of it, and, and, and so we want to determine where these companies line up. I, I want to switch gears. I want to go to a congressional issue, uh, Jody Heiss. We were talking earlier in the program with Senator, Senator uh, uh, Tim Scott of South Carolina about PEPFAR, the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief. It's, I, it's hard to believe been around this long, but I remember when it was first launched under President Bush and a little controversial back then, but they worked out, make sure it was pro-life. And it's actually saved a lot of lives in Africa uh, from from AIDS. But just like everything else, the left wants to hijack it and use it as a mule for its liberal uh, anti-family uh, agenda, anti-life agenda. And so uh, the, the battle here to get abortion funding, forcing these uh, th- these foreign countries where abortion and homosexuality are kind of an anathema to their value system, and and they're using this money, dangling it as a, basically a club over their heads. That's right, and this has become the largest uh, health uh, foreign aid that America gives to to uh, various countries. And what started, as you mentioned, is something to help prevent AIDS. Uh, the spread of AIDS has now become a tool in the hands of the left to promote abortion and all sorts of transgender ideology or whatever also uh, things that it was never intended to be to begin with but it has now become Senator Scott said this is being debated in the House for on the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee of course the Democrats have the edge there 
Um, what, what do we need to do to, to make sure this thing does not get modified to begin to advance this leftist agenda? Yeah, well, listen, I uh, think the senator was right on. Senators need to hear from their uh, constituents, people from their states. And that goes on both sides of the aisle. Both Republicans and Democrats need to hear from the uh, members of their states, the citizens of their states, demanding that these funds not be used to promote abortion and and other liberal ideology. No tax dollars, none, should be going to promote this type of thing in our own country, let alone to foreign countries that we are now, as you said, dangling a carrot in front of these other countries. Many of these countries desperately need help. But here we are saying to them, we're not going to give you aid unless you use these funds for this type of right. Uh, of of things that we disagree with, and um, it, it's just morally wrong right. to do across L- the board. Let me ask you about that. Is uh, I've spoken to a number of um, foreign leaders, primarily in my role when I was at the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedoms. I chaired that. A, a number of ambassadors and others saying that you know the United States using its foreign uh, funds, its uh, foreign aid funds to to, to shape these anti-family policies. Did, did you hear that as you met with foreign leaders about, uh, uh, of course, you were there during the Trump years and it was actually pretty good, but uh, you know, that's what the Obama administration did, and it appears that the Biden administration is doing that uh, at, at um, in multiples. Yeah, in, in all honesty, as you said, I, when I was visiting, uh, most of the foreign leaders was under the Trump administration, and in those instances, we were dealing with specific foreign issues and national security issues, both with those countries and ours and that type of thing. But these these type of issues were very much taking place. And we were aware of it, of course, in the Obama administration uh, and, you know, coming on, of course, now with, with the, the Biden administration has been accelerated to where it seems as though the entire purpose of foreign aid is no longer to provide foreign aid for specific uh, issues such as AIDS in this case, AIDS prevention. But the purpose of U.S. foreign aid under this administration is to force other countries to adopt ideologies that probably most of them don't a- agree with, but it is what this left-wing, radical left-wing uh, uh, administration is trying to force. And what people need to understand is oftentimes it's even to the left of what has been adopted in the United States. In our States. own country, that's right. The State Department, I, I saw this, is notorious for this. It is a cycle. What they do is they, it is a, it is a swamp, literally is a swamp. They're pushing this inf- the, the, these policies onto these other countries, tying it to foreign aid, but then it comes back into the United Nations, and then you have this collective voice advocating for this then even putting pressure onto the United States. So they're actually trying to shape policy here at home through the back door of their foreign policy through the State Department. The, the whole thing is so crooked. And what bothers me now is is the realization of the tail wagging the dog here in our own yeah. country. Yeah. And the outcome of that, Tony, is not good in any way. I mean, you run this thing down to the conclusion of where this is taking us, both as a as a country, the United States, but more than that, globally. And the end result of this is absolutely disastrous, and we must put a stop to it. And I'm grateful that you, 
and so many other leaders have written a letter now to try to uh, highlight this, to expose it, and to help build momentum to put a stop to it. I want to go back to another issue we talked about very briefly with uh, your former colleague, uh, Gary Palmer, a member of the House Oversight Committee. You were on the House Oversight Committee when you were in Congress. Your thoughts on this uh, disclosure by a whistleblower that there was this quid pro quo from then Vice President Biden, uh, the FBI sitting on this document saying that the Vice President basically offered policy decisions for money. It is, uh, you know, one of the things that it appears this administration, uh, and not just this administration, but even under Obama, but particularly now it's highlighted, is is they themselves being guilty of what they accuse others of doing. Yeah. And we watched yeah. this type of thing being accused, these type of accusations hurled at President Trump over and over and over and over, where and they which themselves none, are guilty. Which none of it was ever proven true. Never, In fact, none just of the opposite. Was, yeah. Uh, and he was always exonerated. They, they found there was nothing there. There was nothing there. And now we are finding very disturbing information and whistleblowers coming forth with seeming unbelievable evidence. And I, I just, uh, look, the FBI is going to have to respond to these subpoenas. Uh, we are already watching a display of a double standard yeah, of that's, justice that's in this country. Issue. And th- this is the type of thing they cannot cover up just because it has to do with the I mean, Democrats or Biden's family. According to the information that has come out, they have had this document since June of 2020. That's almost three years. Unbelievable. And now, let me just ask you this. If this would have been a document about Donald Trump or some other Republican prominent leader, Jim Jordan, do you think, do you think that it would, it would have come out? Yeah. Do you think it would have come out? It certainly wouldn't have taken three years. And, you know, this would have come out before the election uh, had it, had it uh, been on the other. And we all know this. This is not something new. We know the double standard. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, you know, what's happening here in this double standard of justice has to be exposed and has to stop. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. Jody Heiss, my guest here in this final segment. Uh, I, w- I want to move to, uh, I guess, maybe I describe this a little light, more lighthearted conversation. Uh, this was some news this week. The White House announced a plan to crack down on artificial intelligence amid growing concerns over the advanced technology possibly replacing humanity someday. They have named Vice President Kamala Harris as the AI czar. You know, this is really comical. I, I, I honestly can think of no one perhaps more qualified for artificial intelligence than the vice president. I, I mean, this is unbelievable. With a budget of $140 million, I'd say, to, for this czar position. A bizarre position. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's it is absolute insanity. Uh, you know, you look you look at the incompetence. All right, let's in all seriousness look at the incompetence of the vice president being the czar of the border. And the border is more wide open. We are yeah. seeing more drug trafficking. Wait, 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 wait! I got yeah. a clip on that. I got yeah, a clip I on it. Uh, all right, so let me, I've got White House press sec- secretary. This was on Monday. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, play clip number 10. 
we actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way, uh, and in a in a way that is uh, uh, that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border, and that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has it has um, it has uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than ninety percent, and that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. Uh, the un, the incompetence is everywhere, and and not not just incompetence, outright untruths, uh, lies. This is there could Down be nothing by 90%. further. Ninety percent. It is just the opposite. It's up another ninety percent. We're human trafficking, uh, drug trafficking, criminals come to. I you've been to the border. I've yeah. been to I've been to all nine sectors. I've seen it all, and it is absolutely a bold faced lie to say. That illegal immigration crossings are down 90 percent. Folks, you, you, you just cannot believe what comes out of the mouth of this administration. They are intentionally deceptive, to put it nice. Jody Heiss, we're out of time. Thanks for joining great us. Always great you, to see you. Thank Likewise. you. Appreciate you being here at the Family Research Council. And folks, appreciate you tuning in and being a part of Washington Watch and supporting the Family Research Council. You can find out more about all that we do. Go to TonyPerkins.com, and you can follow the links over. I'd also like to invite you to join me each morning, 844 a.m. Eastern Time, for our Stand on the Word Bible devotional. You can find it at TonyPerkins.com or on my Facebook page. And again, tonight, uh, be praying for our nation. Uh, we will uh, we'll be having a special service at our Faith and Freedom Chapel in Baton Rouge. We'll have uh, details on how you can watch that later. But until next time. Let me leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything that you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you have taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.